another episode of Music Raygun Pandemic Edition. I'm Paul Champanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. Oh, Kirk, how you doing? I'm still uh, still pandemicing. It's still April 2020, and here we are in our homes. Yep. I'm in the lion's den. I'm which in is the my, my apartment. I'm in the chitty chitty bang bang room. Oh, is that what it's called? I'm going to call it that something different every time because I can't remember okay. what I used to call it. So it's oh, the chitty chitty bang bang. Can... Yeah, why not? Yeah. Make it a thing. But yeah. But let's get into it because I know you had a lot to talk about. Things that have happened in the past week in the R&B world, which is your world. <laughs> yes. It was a big week for Kirk. Yeah. Um, the first thing that happened was I uh, watched twice because they screwed it up. The Babyface versus Teddy Riley battle. Yeah. Um, I saw something about that on Twitter because of how they screwed it up. I guess there were some technical issues, but... I wasn't sure how to watch it because it was on Instagram Live, and I'm like, when is it, and can I watch it anytime, or do I have to watch it live? Uh, You had to watch it live, and uh, because I follow Teddy Riley, I knew about it, so you just click on Teddy Riley's stories, and it pops up. Yeah. But in true Teddy Riley fashion, he's kind of the reason why it screwed up. Yeah. Because... He'd done like uh, a few weeks ago, early in the quarantine, he'd done a concert like in his own studio and, you know, had a couple of guys with him and stuff. And it was an amazing concert. It was crazy good. It was a live concert. So for this, he did the same thing. But because Babyface was a part of it and they were like putting him in it too, all of Teddy Riley's issues were audio issues and he fucked everything up because he was being so extra. He had all these mics and all these yeah. instruments and everything he played was just reverb and echo. And yeah. meanwhile, Teddy or Babyface is just sitting there with like his phone recording just kind of waiting. And so nothing yeah. was being played for like 45 minutes. And they're like, we're going to shut down for a half hour. And then after <laughs> half after half hour, they're like, we're done. Um. So okay. two days later, they did it, and it was a little more pared down for Teddy, though he kept getting up and down and fixing things. And then it really was like two old dads trying to do technology. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Babyface is a man in his 60s at this point. Yeah, he's 62. Teddy's 53. Yeah. And at yeah. one point, they're, it's going great. Everyone's jamming. And Teddy goes, wait, wait, hang on a second. I, I, I got to charge my battery. My, my phone's at 8%. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even have it plugged in or anything. He even plugged in. I was like, oh, you're so dad. Yeah. Um, but what they did was they really just uh, went back and forth with their hits. They didn't really sing that much. They just played their hits back and forth trying to top each other. So Baby Yeah, I wasn't Face, sure what the actual format was in like – it was Teddy Riley versus Babyface. And that's yeah, and the versus thing was more just, you know – Gimmick. Yeah. Gimmick SEO, you know, yeah. because because <laughs> right. it was just like – Teddy would pay, uh, or Babyface would play like a slow jam. He'd play Whip Appeal. He'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a good song. And then uh, Teddy goes, here's my slow jam for you. And then he'd play uh, Black Streets um, uh, Before I Let Go, uh, Before I Let You Go. And um, so it was back and forth like that. But it was cool. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, he hit, They had like, at one point, they had nearly half a million viewers. Yeah, it was pretty hyped up. I mean, yeah, I was, saw a lot about it. Yeah, in advance, it's, and then yeah. because of the technical difficulties, I think that probably put some extra eyes on it because it got it yeah. trending. Yeah, it did. So, yeah. and like a lot of celebrities were watching it. Tony uh, Braxton in the first uh, debacle was just throwing shade at Teddy. It's just like, <laughs> and she was like, she was like tweeting, "How long does it take before I get to hear one of my hits?" Yeah. <laughs> So she was very cool. So that was fun. And then the second thing was uh, the Prince tribute on CBS. Grammy's tribute to Prince, which was very good. I mean, they didn't do anything like that that was crazy uh, or out there or weird. But the two fine moments, three really, um, the time coming in, Mm -hmm. just killing it. In fact, they walk on stage and just before Moore starts singing Jungle Love, uh, Jerome goes into the mic school's in and just was like <laughs> I'm going to teach which was really good yeah um, 
Was uh, it? How does it compare to their performance at the? Uh, was it the Grammys? This was actually better because they had they the were Soul Train, the Soul up. Train Awards. Soul Train. Was, yeah. This was better because everyone yeah. was there. The original band was there. They felt a little tighter. They just did mm-hmm. three songs, which is all you need. Um, Jungle Love. Yeah. The Bird. Yep. That was and that. What would, else? that those are the bookends. In the middle was cool. I was going to say I was disappointed at this because you made me a big fan of Cool. That's like yeah. my favorite time song now. But they didn't yeah. do that at the Soul Train Awards, so I, I should go online and check out yeah. the uh, Prince tribute because it's I love really Prince. good. Uh, yeah. And then um, Maya Rudolph, who hosted the show, you know she's got that cover band Princess with her friend Gretchen. I can't remember her name. Oh yeah, um, I didn't know about that. Yeah, she has a cover. It's an amazing cover band. So she performed. Uh, delirious with the all the uh, members of the revolution. Oh, fun! That was cool. That yeah. was amazingly cool. And the musical director was Sheila E., who owned the night. That makes sense. Yeah, she yeah. was like doing floor slides. She would like slide across the floor on her ass and get up and start playing drums. It was amazing. She's not a young lady. No, I mean she yeah. must be. She's probably the fifty-seven, fifty-eight. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, good for you and your hips. Was anyone uh, particularly bad that you thought? Disappointing? <laughs> yes, who sucked? Paul. I'm going to tell you who sucked right now. Okay. Uh, Throw some shade. One guy who I don't really know, I only know by name, Miguel. Mig- oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't did even he- remember what he did and it wasn't that good. Okay. Um, but uh, Usher. Okay. Usher did two songs. And it's it's really telling because he did When Doves Cry and Kiss. And he missed the boat on When Doves Cry and then killed it on Kiss. Oh, killed it in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Destroyed Kiss. It was like yeah. brilliant. But I think it's because I was like, I don't think you understand what When Doves Cry is. <laughs> he was making <laughs> he it all. He should have asked s- you first. He could have called me. I'm around. Yeah. yeah. He, made it, he made it sexy. And I was like, when Doves Cry is not, a, it's not sexy, it's kind of, yeah. it's haunting. Yeah. And, yeah. and he just didn't have it in him. And that to me, that to me sums up Prince, the fact that he can do When Doves Cry and he can do Kiss, where most uh, R&B artists could only really do Kiss. Yeah. That's, that feels to me like a common mistake with covering songs in general. It's trying yeah, to make something yeah. sexy. Yeah. Don't, it doesn't need it or it shouldn't be. Yeah. You don't need to yeah, do that. Yeah. And they did, a, it, the, the Kiss version was a funk version. Yeah. And uh, that was great. Foo Fighters did "Darling Nikki," which was good. Um, like they the do a good. No, they do. They have. There's a whole story behind. They they did it uh, several years ago yeah. and put it online, and it's a great version, and everyone loved it. And Prince went, "Get that off." <laughs> <laughs> so they had to take it down. Yeah. yeah. So they did it for. Uh, they did it for the show. Uh, yeah. But yeah, check it out. It's worth. It's worth seeing. It's 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 a fun. It's a fun hang. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I saw some clips which were, I mean, it wasn't one of these like performing at home things. So I assume they shot it months ago. Yeah. They, had they shot have, it right? a yeah. while ago because it was hyped a while ago. It was, I think they yeah, shot it, it last was... year, actually. Like early, late oh, last really? year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, it was, a, but it was a good time. Maybe. Good. Happen. Cool. Yes. So more oh. satisfying than, than, than Teddy versus Babyface. Yeah, I think so, just because it was live. And Teddy and Babyface was fun because I was like, oh, these are my jams. But they're just playing jams that I hear throughout my life because I have them all. Yeah. Uh, But it was cool to hear them talk and stuff like that. Because of the Prince thing, I'm in the middle of, I've decided to go through and listen to every song in his catalog from every album. In chronological order or alphabetical order? I'm going backwards. So I started at his Uh. last studio album uh, was which was in 2015 okay and i'm at 2009 right now you have to do it that way because otherwise you'd never <laughs> don't paul. So paul you slog through the later career and then as you go and then you get you go <laughs> you get the treats you going. yeah it's i like, think actually gotta eat shot- your vegetables first <laughs> <laughs> work your way to the dessert of for That's- you that's right. Well said, Paul. Well said. I think, too, it's interesting because I'm like listening to the 2000s stuff. I'm like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was the 90s that he had some problems. So the 90s will be a little bit of a slog. Yeah. 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 I don't know. With an artist like 
Prince, it's... Look, I'm being shady, but I honestly haven't even listened to most of his stuff post, like, the uh, 1993. Okay, and yeah. It's, it's not even so much that I think it's bad that it's just, like, there's too much. He was too... There, he, there's too much output yes. for me to reckon with. There and is there are too much. no, like, big hits in there for me to sort of latch onto as, you know, as footholds or entry points. And so it's just yeah. like, eh, am I really going to sit through all three emancipation, you know, all six sides of that? <laughs> I don't know. That's... I don't know if it's worth it. And so, like, I'm probably just never going <laughs> to. <laughs> you should try just to see how far you get. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, how, how much can I get through this? I lose the thread. I don't even know what the albums are through the night. I remember Raven to the Joy Fantastic. That was 2000 and... Whoa. Oh, that, no, that was earlier than that. That was like 99. That was 99. That was 99. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, uh, a, that's a bad album. And I remember Musicology because that's when I saw him on that tour. Yeah, that's a great album. That's early 2000s. But even that, like, I loved the, the show that I saw, but yeah. he... Gave away free copies of the album to yeah. everyone who attended the concerts on the tour. So I got a copy of the album. I don't even know if I ever made it uh, front to back on it. I was like, I don't, I can't access it. I love that. But album. Uh, yeah, I mainly you know, only remember the title track from that. The title track's the classic, but that whole album's really good. Yeah. You know why he did that, right? I I vaguely remember it being some like rights issue or just to no he did it because he wanted a number one album. So oh, that's albums, right. They all counted al- as sales, right? Yeah, they counted as Cause, sales because it was included in the ticket. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Well done, uh, which is game which the is system. Cheesy. Yeah, <laughs> you're gaming the system, but why? Who cares? I mean, the charts don't matter anyway. No, which yeah, it's yeah they just you know yeah they record sales. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So not to go off on a tangent, but as an example, I remember at the end of last year, 2019, you know, everyone had their end of the year lists and they also had their end of the decade lists. Mm -hmm. And Billboard was putting out on social media a bunch of lists that and one of them got trending because it was like the top 10 biggest, I think it was biggest rock songs of the decade Mm -hmm. and like six of them were uh imagine dragons or something like that right what but well see but you're having the same reaction that everybody did everyone was like oh they don't know what rock and roll really is blah 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 but it was billboard it was a list of the top selling like it's billboard it only tracks what the top hits were in sales that's what the billboard charts are so it was literally saying here's where the these were the biggest hits not what we think were the best songs i mean that's amazing that i mean i I didn't think i knew imagine dragons was big i didn't think that they were that big where six of the biggest hits from the decade were there yeah i think it was it was one of those shitty bands (laughs) but everyone was like they don't know what rock and roll is it was like this is what people listen to. This is literally just tracking what the most popular things are, not yeah. what the most critically acclaimed things are. Exactly. So exactly. it's sort of ironic that people were so angry about it. It's like, some of you listened. Some of you were listening <laughs> to this shit. Some of you were doing <laughs> it. The numbers don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's a nice segue into our next segment, which is corrections and clarifications. All right. We haven't done it in a while, but I wanted to I clarify know. some things from our last pandemisode. Uh, as usual, I have many things. I assume you have nothing because everything you said was correct. Everything I said was correct yeah. in my in my own mind. So I'll yeah. leave it at that. And you don't have the Catholic guilt that makes you feel <laughs> like you need to correct yourself. In front no, of I do not. I am heartily sorry for having offended thee. <laughs> for, the, uh, for these forgive mistakes, me, Father, I made. for I have said incorrect things on my podcast. <laughs> these oh, are my sins. Uh, number one, Tara Reid was in fact the third lead in Josie and the Pussycats. Weren't there four, it, it, though? No, there's three. I mean, there's oh, other yeah, actors right. in the movie, three, but Josie and the Cat, the they're band. a power okay. trio. That's they're a right. power okay. trio. Yeah, big power trio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, power trio. Guitars, drums, tambourine. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, and all the rest have to do with your uh, uh, tribute selections that oh, okay. neither of us understood. So I looked them up because I wanted to know. Okay. So there was 333 three, 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 or 333, which was yeah. Pantera. Yeah. 
which I looked it up and it's not the name of a Pantera song or a Pantera album, but I guess Dimebag Daryl sort of used that as like a symbol and it's known that huh, it was okay. well known to Pantera fans, which I am not one. Yeah. But I guess it was just sort of like his, you know. His, his thing. His, it was his thing. It's Probably because it's like man. half of 666. That's what I would assume. That's what I thought kind of. It was like it's half of 666, so he's, yeah. kind, he's half evil. Yeah, but it was just yeah. like that was his number. It's his whatever. I don't know yeah. Pantera lore, but no, it's something there. nor I. So, uh, okay, next one. Back and Forth was the Foo Fighters tribute. Yes. And Back and Forth is a Foo Fighters song. It's on their Wasting Light album from 2011. It must be a deep cut. Never even heard of the album, let alone nope. the songs on it. And uh, the name Hey Lady appears to have no specific significance to the B-52s. But that said, I do think it's a great name for a B-52s tribute act. It is. It's upsetting to me that it doesn't have anything to do with it. I feel if you're a cover band, you need you need a link. Yes. You, you need a link. So people can go, oh, shit. I the get thing it. Is, yeah. And from looking it up. I saw uh, the detail that it has an exclamation point in the mm-hmm. name of the band. It's Hey Lady! Exclamation point, which yeah. makes me hear it even more as like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yeah. But also yeah. like even if you say Hey Lady as Fred Schneider, like in Fred Schneider voice, it kind of is Jerry Lewis. <laughs> it's very similar. Yeah. So. Hey Lady! <laughs> <laughs> hey Lady! lady. Yeah. <laughs> very similar. Very yeah. similar. So that's what those were. Okay. That's good to know. Those... Those those cover bands, I'm sure they're great. They could improve on their names. Some of them, yeah. I think it's, yeah, you know, uh, great. You took the name of one of their songs and made it your band's name. Sure, yeah, but also work they, a little you, harder. You don't need to. You don't need. To, I feel like you don't need to work that hard if you're a cover band because you're already not working hard. Yeah, but that's why I like Hey Lady because it's not a reference, but it feels right. It's the right flavor. I get what you're saying. Okay, you know what I mean. Right, I get behind that. Like, it yeah. sounds like it would be a B-52's song or album. It does. It does. Yeah. I feel like there should be a, a song called Hey Lady off of a B-52's album. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, now that that's all cleared up, it's time for Don't At Me. Don't At Me. Don't At Me. Okay, Don't At Me is the part of the mini-episode when Kirk and I each say a hot take or an unpopular opinion about something in music, but we don't care about anyone else's opinion, so please don't at us. Don't at us. Don't care. You went first last time, so I'll go first this time. Okay, sounds good. I got a real simple one. Ah. Real straight and to the point. For once. (laughs) For once. Mariah Carey is better than Beyonce. Don't at me. That's really interesting. I think I mean I don't even think it's close. I think in every wow. in every measurable way, Mariah Carey is better than Beyonce. Well, Mariah Carey can't dance. She so can't, like oh well if we're comparing, you say in every way, there's one way. She can't yeah, but dance. Dancing isn't music. You can't see dancing on a <laughs> How recording. Dare you? Dancing is music to my heart, Paul. I mean dancing um, is a nice to have, but it's not a you know what I mean? For a yeah. Um, <laughs> that's boy oh boy, that's I part. Of, it's interesting. Part of me wants to go fuck off, Paul. Fuck See, you. I dude. thought you would agree with me easily because you've expressed that you're not that thrilled by Beyonce either. Yeah, her later stuff I don't like, but I like her earlier stuff, and yeah. I like that she can dance. So, I mean, Mariah has a better voice, obviously, way better. Yeah. Um. You know what? We're in a time of need. I'm saying yes, you're right. Because <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't need you to agree with me. It's just the I truth. need I need to agree with you because I can't think of a reason why not that's good enough yeah. other than dance. What's uh, what's that big uh Christmas hit that Beyonce had? <laughs> Nothing. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> And what's Mariah's like the number one, the biggest Christmas song of all time? That's actually probably for a lot of people a huge knock against Mariah because people hate Christmas music because they have shit in their hearts. But, yeah. but. If, if they're knocking Mariah for that classic song, fuck them. Yeah, that's, that's true. terrible. Yeah, yeah. terrible. Uh, OK, let's right. hit, hit us with yours. I'm going to hit you with this. Mine's even faster 
You might not understand it, but I don't want to describe it or explain it. I just want to <laughs> let it lie. Okay. And it's this. Falco was better than Taco. A hundred percent. Okay, good. Yeah. Rock Me Amadeus is a goofy song, but there are other Falco songs and he's great. After, yeah, uh, Der Commissar. Ooh. That's not Falco. There's two. Yeah, it is. There's two. There's another song by... Oh, you didn't know that? cover? I don't know if it was a cover, but it happened right around the same time, so I don't know who's his first. There's yeah. De Commissar by After the Fire, which uh-huh. is their one-hit wonder, and then there's Falco's De Commissar But well. is it the same song? Same song, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but they came around roughly the same time, so I don't know which is a cover and which is not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I only know the other version. But every oh, okay. every Falco song I've ever heard other than Rock Me Amadeus, which is sort of ridiculous. Yeah. Is is great. Is great. Yeah. Good. He, right, he is page. dead, is he not? Did he die yeah, I think, in a car, yeah. car crash? Yeah. R.I.P. Falco. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, okay, now it's time for Prince Tweets to You. <laughs> of course, this is the part of the mini episode when we read tweets from the hoax Twitter account at Prince Tweets to You, which tweeted as Prince himself from 2012 to 2016, the comedian Jake Fogelnest has since admitted that he was the one who wrote all these tweets in the voice of Prince. And I like to just steal them. We did no creative work yeah. on this. I just read no. someone else's work on our podcast because they make Kirk laugh. They make me laugh. And it's apropos because of this recording, at this recording, we are, uh, it was three days ago that it was uh, the uh, four-year anniversary of Prince's death. Yeah, four years already, huh? Four years already. April 21st. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got five of them for you. Oh, good. Are you ready? Messages from Prince. Okay. To me. To me. Brothers and sisters, get together for a passionate embrace of the electric church. You need to free yourself if you want to soar freaky like me. (laughs) That's a lot of instruction. Yeah. Well, keep yeah. up. Prince I'm trying. Isn't slowing down for anyone. Okay. If you want if you want a sore freaky like him, do you follow you, the instructions? You on? need to free yourself. I do. Uh, okay. The next one's a little more simple, but it's still instructions. So write this down if you need to. Okay. I have hidden four crystals. If you find one, you get to know the secret. Yes. <laughs> Again, that's a prime example of like, I wish that was real. How do you or, know it's not? Because Jake Fogelman says it wasn't. <laughs> uh, maybe that was the one that Prince told him, hey, tweet this and just say <laughs> That tweet this. Dude, this is real. This is real. Everyone will think it's fake, dude. Just, just do it and no one will ever know. Oh my God. Yeah. I would love that. All right. Uh, this was from a particular date. So this says it's a Friday night, but obviously it was a Friday night when he tweeted it. Yeah. Hopefully when people are listening, it'll be a Friday night just to give it that little extra. Yeah. Here's the tweet. Having a quiet Friday night at home. It's just me, Elton John, Jeremy Scahill, and an African parrot named Jennifer Seven. (laughs) Okay. The fact that the parrot's named Jennifer Seven is spot on. Right. That that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to get real nerdy here because Prince had a fetish with the number seven. Yeah. Um, he has song many songs that are, my favorite. He has yeah. a song about it. He has many references to it and many other mm-hmm. songs. Who, who, Jeremy, who? Jeremy Scahill. He's, he's a journalist. It doesn't oh, okay. really matter. It's just like an, obs- an obscure person. To, yeah. Like, why would Prince be hanging out with Jeremy Scahill? He wouldn't be, except that's why it's funny. Because he's just hanging like... out with Elton John, Jeremy <laughs> Scahill, and an African parrot named <laughs> Jennifer Seven. And that's a quiet Friday night. <laughs> I feel like the least likely would be Elton John. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, the the one that feels the, the most correct is an Elton African John. parrot named Jennifer Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Like you would be at Paisley Park at Prince's Invitation and all of a sudden an African gray parrot would just fly into the room and you'd be like, yeah, that's Jennifer Seven. <laughs> yeah. And you'd be yeah. like, okay, that okay. makes sense. As much that sense makes, as anything else I'm seeing and hearing. That does that. <laughs> all right. Two more. It's not a two more. <clears throat> There is no ex- excuse me. There is no explanation for the electric crystal nighttime. You just need to accept it as part of our collective sensual galaxy. <laughs> that again, that's another thing that I'm like, yeah, that sounds like he would say 
say that not in yeah. those words, but in that in that feel. Right. But it's yeah. also if you've been questioning the electric crystal nighttime, it helps to know that there is no ex- explanation. Yeah. You, like if, if that's been weighing on you. Yeah. Let that go. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. You're, Just you're, accept you're fo- that it's part of our yeah. collective sensual galaxy. You're focusing on the wrong thing if you're looking for an explanation. Just embrace <laughs> that the electric crystal. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Here's the last one. Hey, where are you all going? I didn't play bat dance yet. <laughs> that one broke me. <laughs> And that was Prince Tweets to You. Okay. <laughs> Good <laughs> that stuff. That was amazing. All right. Good Since stuff. we're doing these uh, extra long minis, Kirk and I uh, prepared a topic of conversation for this one. And if this works, we'll continue to do these top five lists. I guess yeah. we will call that a segment. Uh, we're each going to say our top five of a thing. And Kirk, yep. what's our top five subject this time? Our top five subject for mm-hmm. our initial outing is going yeah. to be five songs that we used to hate, but mm-hmm. now enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've, I came up with five. It wasn't easy because it's, it's, it's way easier to come up with songs you used to like and now hate. Yes. Yes. You've got a million of those. That's what happens yes. with pop songs a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Songs you used to hate but learned to love. Fewer and farther between, but that makes them all the more precious. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was there was a couple that I had to dig. There's and now my my I'm going in in order. So the, my number one is the one that was is the impetus for why we're doing this. This one, okay. this one specific song. My number. But one. let's count down. Let's count because I I yeah count numbered down, mine from from one to yeah. So so let's start. Yeah, with I'm going five. down. Do you want to start or do you want to finish? Sure, I'll start. Okay. Uh, number five for me. Number five yeah. song that I used to uh, hate, now enjoy, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh. That's, I, uh, okay, yeah. It was one of those, when that, so that was like mid-90s, and it's that, it's, the, it's that thing that one of my friends coined that I love, is he called it that mid-90s harmless rock. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Because it was the Goo Goo Dolls and Matchbox 20 and Dave Matthews and the Wallflowers and it was all that stuff. And in my mid twenties, I was like, "Oh, this is garbage." All of it. I, it was all to me just one big globule of crap. Yeah, and then, it's just beige. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's a real beige. Yeah. And then, uh, and the Goo Goo Dolls, the Irish, which is from uh, what, City of Angels, that Meg Ryan, uh, um, Ethan Hawke, Nicholas Cage, Nicholas, Nicholas Cage. Cage. Yeah, yeah, he plays an I, angel or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but over the years, because you still hear it was so big, and it's one of those you'll hear it at Target. It's one of those. It's a big. I'll hear it in the in the drugstore, and I'll, every time I hear it, I'll be like, "This is a good song. This, <laughs> this hits me. I don't want the world to see me because I don't. I don't want the world to see me. I don't think they would. When everything means to be broken, I just want you to know who I am. I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, dude, who's the lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls? Um, I, I, I generally, not as a bit, I generally feel it more now. I don't know why. I mean, I don't care about any other Goo Goo Dolls song. But this song, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really, this is really kind of an emotional song. I kind of dig it. It could be yeah. just old age. I don't, <laughs> or, or that thing where it's, it, it's making you nostalgic for the 90s, even though you didn't like the song at the time. Yes. It was so overplayed that it still reminds you yeah. of, of a time in the past. Very good point. Uh, Very. Yeah, good I don't point. particularly have an opinion on that song either way, but I do remember how inescapable it was at the time. Everywhere, such a big hit. So I'm sure for a lot of people, it had the opposite effect, where they liked it at first and then it just got <laughs> yeah, just driven into the ground. Yeah, now they hate it. But now for me, yeah. you know, if I'm in a, if I'm in a Target, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll stop and listen. Uh, all right, here's my number five song I used to hate but love now. Mm-hmm. Let's get it on by Marvin Gaye. Weird, weird. Now, but I can explain why I used yeah, to. Yeah, please. It. I don't know if this is still in the case, but there was a time when I was growing up where "Let's Get It On" was used in like every comedy as shorthand mm-hmm. for like these characters are about to fuck. You know what I yeah. mean? 
yeah. sort of like people going like bow chicka bow wah. like it just <laughs> was to my mind just this it was just cheese yeah it becomes a trope cuz yeah yes and i and i knew it only as a trope at first mm-hmm. i didn't have any other context for it is like yeah oh it's austin powers and he's about to shag and now they're playing <laughs> let's get it on and that's yeah. what this song is and then later as i grew older and my my uh, pop palette got more sophisticated and I actually started listening to Marvin Gaye. I was like, oh, this is like the greatest record ever made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a reason why it's always played. I mean, it's always played. Um, yeah, not, and not just as like a jam, but just orally when you listen to it with headphones, mm-hmm. all the overdubs of his voice tracked over his voice and like yeah. the actual recording of it, it's the best record ever made. Yeah, it's really... Yeah. As much as it's played, I've I've yet to get tired of that song. I, it's not my favorite Marvin Gaye song, but yeah. I, I won't turn it off. I'll always listen to it. So yeah, yeah it's it's it's. A, I think it's perfect. I mean, yeah. the performance, the song itself, the quality of the recording—it's great. And it was ruined for me for a long time as it, it, it being cheapened. That's really interesting that you know of it in your youth as. And a kind of a overdone song for TV and film. Yeah. Like yes. that's that's how what you associate with it. That's just like a timing thing. That's really interesting. Yeah. Both as like you lazy comedy use. Yeah. <laughs> gave it like a negative context for me. Yeah. No, I had that to makes dis- sense. Discover it on my own. So that's that's a solid. Used to hate it. Yeah. Definitely. Realized it's actually great. And of that's, course I love it. That's great that you've come around on that, because that would be disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. My number four might surprise you. Mm-hmm. My number four is uh, Tumbling Dice by the Stones. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Uh, it, yeah. It, I think it's a great song, obviously. I'm surp- I am surprised you like it. And I don't really have a thing of why. I mean, I used to, in general, I don't really like, I like some Stones. Uh, not a lot. Um like, for example, to me, like, Satisfaction, I'm just like, oh, fuck that song. I can't stand it. So there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of Stone songs that I'm like, ugh, gotta go away. Especially their early stuff. I just don't like it. And Tumbling Dice, I was always just kind of like, no, it's more Stones. I don't want to hear it. But if you yeah, put that's... it on a classic rock station, it'll be on. And I'm like, oh, what was, what was I thinking? I'm way off base. <laughs> that's a great song. Yeah, that one's on Exile on Main Street, I think. Which is, oh, is that the big song off of that? There are, I mean, there are a few songs on there. Okay, Love and Cup, I think, is on there. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I like the Stones, but I'm not as well versed in the Stones as as other bands. Uh, uh, Tumbling yeah. Dice, I'm. I'm fairly sure is on Exile, but I don't know Exile. A, Exile by heart, so I can't name all the songs. Out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's that's a, a great, great song. song. Everything about it. I'm like, yeah. and I, I do go like, what was I, why did I take so long to like the song? This is generally a good song. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a dumb young Kirk. I'm going to chalk it up to that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's also not your kind of music. So, so I, fe- I think it's, it's reasonable that you had to sort of come around on that on your own, but it just, it's a testament oh, to the power of that song. for a second. There you go. Oh. Oh, then. Yeah. Yeah. You're okay. good now. You're good now. Okay. Uh, all right, here's my number four. Uh, Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. You know that song? <laughs> I hate that song. Okay, but here's my here's my explanation for it. I still okay. hate Johnny Cash's version of that song. But his is actually a cover. Oh. Because his is a cover. Yes. It was written by June Carter. When she was, when she was, when she was, when they were both still married to other people and having an affair with each other, she wrote it about Johnny and Anita Carter originally recorded it. And Anita Carter's version is more of just like a straightforward sort of gospel folk version, Mm -hmm. which I heard. I mean, everyone knows the Johnny Cash version. I heard the Anita Carter original record way later and her version is gorgeous. And it made me realize Oh, this is actually a great song that Johnny Cash ruined. And here's why he ruined it. <laughs> because this is when this is when he was in the the depths of his drug addiction and he was eating bowls of dexedrine for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And he oh. he according to himself 
had a dream where he heard a version of the song with those mariachi mariachi horns. Oh. He he <laughs> dreamed that having a speed dream that gave him that idea right. and then he recorded it with the mariachi horns and that's that, that's the awful part of that. That like sh- adding the horns adding the horns I think ruins the song. I still do not like that record by Johnny Cash. And I love Johnny Cash. There are no other Johnny Cash songs I yeah. really hate. Other than that Nine Inch Nails covers that, that everyone else loves. But I do like that song. But hearing the original Anita Carter record, which is called Love's Ring of Fire, I, I realized I like Oh, it's the like song. even a different title. Yes. Johnny Cash shortened oh, it because wow. he huh. was, I don't know, he was on too much speed and he couldn't get through the whole title. Uh, but, <laughs> but it makes me it makes me realize oh it's grind a great song it's a great fire. song it's a great song i just don't like johnny cash's version of it and so in that way okay. it's a song it's a song i used to hate and now i love that's fair i only yeah. know the johnny cash one and whenever i hear it i think of it was for some reason played on ad nauseum on a uh, store mixtape when I worked at American Eagle Outfitters in the early 90s. <laughs> so really? It was always on this one specific mix. Yeah. You get these mixtapes from corporate that yeah. were like approved. And it's, it, they're literally just random songs that they had access to. And one of them was Ring of Fire. And that's what makes me it makes me think of, of that. Yeah. And I was like, because I remember like folding clothes going, God, I hate this song. The problem is that the hook of the mariachi horns is in every other version since. Even when it's played on other instruments, you'll get that little... And it's just, to me, even when it's not played on horns, on any instrument, it's just such a corny hook that it makes this song sound like carnival music or something to me. I just think it's whack. And so... Agree. Yeah, the only versions I like are are any uh, without that additional sort of riff. The the yeah, corny is yeah. a good way to describe it. Not needed, not needed yeah. at all. Yeah, they really he gilded yeah. the lily on that one, and that's that's drugs for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's drugs for you. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm going to go to my number three. Okay. Very similar to number four of like, what were you thinking? Why wouldn't you like this song? Uh, Back in Black by ACDC. Okay. I mean, people run hot or cold um, on ACDC, but yeah, sure. I don't know. Why, I I don't know why I didn't like it because it's kind of funky. Yeah, when I hear it now, it's that that backbeat is huge, uh, and when I hear it now, I really get legit amped. I get like pumped. <laughs> How do you and feel about other ACDC songs though? I don't like Hell's Bells. Yeah. I love Dirty. You know what it was? I love Dirty Deeds. That's sure. a, that's my favorite ACDC song. And okay, then, so you like some Bon Scott and some Brian Jones songs. Yeah, Bon Scott's okay. the the Dirty Deeds, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, that's that's their best song to me. But like, it shook me all night long. I hate that song. I hate it. I would say for that one, it's just overplayed, and I sort of never need to hear it again. But I, yeah, I, there was a time I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. What about? But I think uh, I it mean, must have been like. Highway to Hell. How do you feel uh, what about else that is, one? No, don't like that either. Don't yeah. like that either. Um, but uh, I like Hell's Bells. That's a good song. Okay. Thunderstruck. Um, that's a good song. You know what? People mention Thunderstruck to me all the time, and I think I don't know it unless someone goes, hey, this is Thunderstruck. So oh, yeah, yeah. I would need to listen to it because I only know it by name. But um, uh, Back in Black... I think it must, I, I know exactly when it, it's when I got my first iPod mm-hmm. and I was just putting songs on and I just put on, I just randomly put it on because I was like, oh, I got a credit. And I was like, why did I not like this song before? So I didn't like it till about 2005. <laughs> that's so fun that you discover a song that's like the biggest song from literally, other than Thriller, like the biggest selling studio album of all time. Yeah. And you're just like, hey, yeah. this this Back in Black by ACDC is pretty good. Did you ever hear this ACDC song, Back in Black? Ha, you guys, have you heard this? You should yeah. You should all listen to this. It's, it's One really good. One of the biggest good. hits don't, of all time. And you just yeah. discovered it 25 years later. That's yeah. fun. Discovered That's it fun. in 2005. I was like, 
you guys really need to learn this better because I I just discovered this. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Just that that's that to me is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I yeah, love back, ACDC back and I and and I don't apologize for it because they're they're you know they're butt rock and a lot of people are a lot of like douchebags you know love ACDC, yeah. but I just think they're fun. Did, they're great. They're what did you call it? Butt butt rock. Yeah, butt rock. B u t t butt rock. Yeah, I've like, never heard that phrase before. Like dumb arena rock for <laughs> d bags. I love butt rock. I've yeah. never heard butt rock in my life. That's great. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but I like that because they're a band. They're like the Ramones or James Brown, where it's like they've just been doing the same thing for decades mm-hmm. but they just they do that one thing really well and it's yeah you know yeah they're not and they're they not don't gonna, care they're, they're not fine gonna, with doing it yeah that's right and they're not going to try to reinvent yeah. themselves or get pretentious like there's nothing pretentious yeah. about acdc agree agree do you know the song whole lot of rosie no but i just thought of the other song that i don't like of them is shoot to kill oh okay yeah that's not great, but uh, yeah, but Back in Black, Back in Black's killer. Check out Whole Lot of Rosie. That's my favorite ACDC. Song. Okay, Whole yeah. Lot of Rosie. All right, I'll take yeah. a look at it. All right, uh, my number three is Every Day by Buddy Holly. Which, oh, huh. I'm using that one as a specific example, although really it could stand in for Buddy Holly in general or even like 50s rock in general, where... Oh, okay. You know, yeah. The, the, the Buddy Holly songs I always heard were Every Day and Peggy Sue. Which yeah. Which are, you know, sort of like, la, la. You know, they were, they just seemed yeah. cheesy to me when I was little. And then later I heard other songs like uh, Not Fade Away that are way cooler, which. Not Fade Away is a good song. Yeah. yeah. And it served as more of an entry point into into Buddy Holly for me. But I, but every day Definitely. is the one that's the one that's the most to me like it's real sort of cupy and and like real mm-hmm. sugary sort of that fifties like ding 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 you know yeah and so I used yeah, to it's think like it was barely real, rock and roll yeah but I love that song now like when I that's became funny. a Buddy Holly fan it completely revised my opinion about that song. Because now I just love Buddy Holly. Do you have Do you have a rough time frame of when that switch was turned on? Yes, uh, I don't. Well, no, I, I have a very specific time frame. When I was oh, a senior in college, and oh, I was just literally in the record shop. I don't know why. I, I, I no, I do know why. I wanted some cassettes for the car because my car only had a cassette mm-hmm. player. And I was tired of recording my CDs onto blank tapes to play in the car. Yeah. So I was like, let me just buy a few mm-hmm. cassettes of stuff that I don't have. And so just on a whim, I got like Buddy Holly Greatest Hits just okay. to have in the car. And then I would play it and, while driving. And I was just and like, then, oh, this is great. And then you just played it incessantly. Yeah. I don't know what made me buy it. I just thought maybe I should give Buddy Holly another chance, maybe. <laughs> or... Yeah, it that, that's around really that interesting time, that you'd be like... It might be because around that time VH1 was playing La Bamba a lot. So I was... I, I was <laughs> yeah. Because that does coincide with the time where they were playing that movie La Bamba a lot, which is weird because it's a Richie Valens movie, not a Buddy Holly movie, but... Yeah. They, I don't know, they died in the same plane, so... <laughs> there you go. So yeah. they're the same. Did you ever see uh, The Buddy Holly Story starring Gary Busey? I never have. I've watched scenes from it on YouTube and stuff, but I never saw it. It's great. He's amazing. I think he got nominated for an Oscar for it. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. If he did, if not, he didn't win it, though, did he? Yeah, I don't think he won, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, great, great performance. Great movie. Yeah. So, Buddy Holly. I imagine you're not a fan of Buddy Holly. I, you know what? I'm not not a fan. I'm, it's more indifferent. I'm like, okay, I, I get it. I get yeah. the uh, importance, mm-hmm. uh, but I I don't really hate or dislike it or, or like his music. Okay. Um, Hit me with your number, number two. Oh, my number two. Yeah. My number two, 
out of all of them, this is the one that I'm most ashamed of <laughs> that I didn't like earlier. Like oh, all the others. Okay. I thought you meant guilty this pleasure. This one I'm like, I, to like it. no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, it's more I should have liked this when it first came out. Uh, and that's a landslide by Fleetwood Mac. Okay, interesting, interesting. That's uh, uh, I, uh, every time I hear it, it it's so beautiful. I love yeah. that song. I I love the Dixie Chicks version of the song. I think that's good too. Do you love the Smashing and, Pumpkins version of that song? Oh, I know of it. Yeah, I think I'm okay yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. I th- it's hard to ruin that song. It it's. Such a good song, and it kind of wrecks me every time I hear it. And I think just as a kid, I just glossed over. I didn't hate Fleetwood Mac growing up. I just glossed over them all. It's like, meh, I like Tusk is pretty good. I like Tusk. <laughs> Tusk. Was um, a landslide too much yeah. of like a ballad for you as a kid? Not fun enough? I think or? so. Yeah. I think for me, maybe landslide growing up, I was like, uh, it's too slow. It's too ballady. And it's like that, uh, it's that, uh, Soft kind of James Taylor rock that I was like, meh, that's kind of the, the <laughs> little canyon kind of rock that I didn't appreciate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't break dance the landslide. <laughs> but okay. now, but now I, when it comes on, I get so happy when it comes on. It's such a good song. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fine because it's a song for grownups, it's not a song for little kids. Yeah. Yeah. It is a song. Yeah. I, and yeah. I should have liked it because, again, that's another one of like, a decade or two later, I was like, oh, this is a good song. You guys heard Landslide? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that's my number two. All right, here's my number two. You Make Love and Fun by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Synergy! Now, I know how you love symmetry. Uh, yeah. This is this is another one where I like I sort of picked the song to stand in for the band as a whole. Because I used to hate mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac. I used to hate Fleetwood Mac oh. pretty much across the board. And then wow. I turned I turned 30 and it was like someone flipped a switch. <laughs> well, although this isn't the song that made me love Fleetwood Mac. The song, I, I came to realize that like even now, I'm not that big of a, uh, of a, um, uh, what's her name? I'm blanking on her name right now. Stevie Nicks? Stevie Nicks fan. I'm not that big of a Stevie Nicks fan, even now, Mm -hmm. but I realized I love Christine McVie and her songs. Oh, okay. And that that was sort of my entry point there. And and but I but You Make Love and Fun is is a Christine song. And that's one that I definitely remember specifically hating. Like that would come on the radio and I'd be like, ugh, this stupid. 70s AM <laughs> song. And yeah, now like, I'm, crazy. I'm cr- crazy about that song. That is so funny. I yeah. love that. Especially that they were both number two. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so Fleetwood Mac in general used to hate, now I love. But especially uh, You Make Love and Fun. I think you hit it on the nose. You're like, it's it's a little bit music for adults. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Gotta be a little more mature to to, to really really appreciate them. Yeah, yeah. All right. Definitely. All you right. Give us your my pick number, number one. one. Yeah. Giving you the number one. This is the reason why I I, I suggested this uh, uh, topic. My number one song that I used to hate and now enjoy is "It's the End of the World as We Know It" and I feel fine by <laughs> REM. Sure. I mean, you're preaching I, to the choir there. I love REM. <laughs> when that song came out, I was like, ugh, what a bunch of pretentious <laughs> jagoffs. Because REM, I've I've mentioned it before, REM is REM is theater kid music, and I was in the theater department, and so everyone loved REM. Yeah. And uh I hated all of REM, particularly this song. This is pretty much Almost, almost, but not exactly like what you just did. It's a stand-in mm-hmm. for the band, but not exactly. Yeah. Because I still, I still dislike a lot of REM. But over the years, I'm like, oh no, that's good. There's good stuff. There's really good stuff. There's still stuff I hate. Yeah. I still hate. Um, uh, oh God, I, I hate losing my religion. Losing my religion. Sure. Um, I can't stand that. Um, 
stand. That's okay. But like shiny, happy uh, people. Uh, I like shiny, happy people now. <laughs> that's a good one. When you're a real REM that fan, was... that's shiny, happy people's the only song you won't like. <laughs> and I like uh, Man on the Moon. That's a really good song. Mm-hmm. I bet there's a lot um, of deep cuts you'd like, like all the fan favorite, you know, non-singles. Yeah. Oh, uh, Orange Crush. That's a good song. Sure, but that's also a cover. Oh, is it? No, oh, no, it's it? not. No, I'm thinking of Superman. Superman's the one that's a cover. Super. I know. I know Superman. Superman's yeah. pretty good because uh, yeah. I remember that in high school. But particularly End of the World as We Know It, uh, you listen to it. I was like, oh no, this is really good. This is really cool. Yeah. It's, I, I've it's, now it's, turned the corner of like. Oh god. I was gonna say it's the good version of We Didn't Start the Fire. A hundred percent, because we didn't start the fire is dumb, but it's just so yeah. dumb that you can laugh at it. Uh, end of the world, we know it. You go, when I first heard you're like, I'm, you're just like, he's just naming shit. This is dumb. But then you're like, oh, he's naming really interesting things. It's a hard song to sing. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, it's the ultimate then, karaoke show off song. <laughs> yes. Whoever's the dude that, because uh, I don't know him that well, uh, is it Mike who harmonizes or who does the songs over it? He sings Mike over Mills. it. Uh, yeah. Mike Mills. I was like, ah, oh, that part I love. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I've over the years, I've slowly turned the corner of absolutely hating R.E.M. to go, you know what? I like some of their stuff. And that yeah. has made Anne so happy. Yeah. Oh, they're the best. You know, uh, I was saying yeah. how. At the end of 2019, everyone had to do their decade end list too. Well, you probably know how Spotify at the end of, of every year will give you your roundup of like the music you listened to all year and what your most oh, played yeah. tracks were and yeah. all that stuff. Like what your most played artists yeah. are. They did that for the decade as well at the end of 2019. So I got a roundup of all the music. And I, I signed up for Spotify the day it became available in America in July 2011. So I had like oh my the full decade's worth of data, and my number one most wow. listened to artist of the decade was REM. Wow! Yeah. Wow, you've been on Spotify a long time. Yeah, it's, I mean, I I had been waiting for it because there was a while where it was only it was it's a Swedish company. I think it's Swedish, but it was available only yeah. in Europe for a while. And so there was a long buzz of like, when's it going to come to the U.S.? When are U.S. users going to be able to download Spotify? And so like the day it was available, I like downloaded it, got a pro account. I've always had a pro account, no ads. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So REM is my most listened to band. I figured REM would be be deep in your heart. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Here's my number one. All my, my other four all had like stories and explanations this is just a song that's like a dumb song that I always hated and a lot of people hate. And then f- for no reason I can explain, I just turned a corner and now I love this song. Like I heard it on the radio one day and I just grooved on it so hard. And I was like, I love this song and I won't apologize for it. And it's called <laughs> Escape by Rupert Holmes, a.k.a. the Pina oh. Colada song. <laughs> if you like Pina Colada. That's really interesting. It's, I mean, that's my childhood. I yeah. mean, that song came out, I must have been like eight or nine. Yeah. So, of course, I'm going to like that song. Yeah. I don't have any nostalgia you know, for it. I no. just, just heard it one day and I was like, this, like, I hated that song. And then one day I loved it. It's, it's fun. It's nice. It's a story song with a twist ending. Yeah. And it's really sweet. And, Yes. Yeah. It's real easy to sing along to. It's easy to learn yep, all the too. words immediately. Yeah. 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 Comes on in your car. That's you are cranking it up and singing loud. <laughs> it's interesting. Again, it's that time frame because you would have no nostalgia uh, for it because right. by the time you were, you know, cognizant of music and stuff, you'd be like, it's right for you to be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and my parents who, you know, always had different music on and exposed me to a lot of things. If they have an opinion about that song at all, and I don't know if they do, but I would guess that they yeah. hate it. I would think that they hate it. Um, yeah, I would say so. So, And there's no one in my life, like it's not connected to any particular memory or time or place. 
I was just, I don't know, I heard it one day and decided I had changed my mind. Just acquired a taste for it. <laughs> you drank the Kool-Aid. You yeah, drank the like, pina colada. It's like black olives. I hated them all my <laughs> life. Well, I wouldn't say I love them now, but I can tolerate them. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and it. It full just, disclosure, black olives are are awful. Sure. <laughs> sure. I didn't change my mind as hard on those as I did on the pina colada song. But like That's, the twist ending is I, sort of nice. You know, a lot of songs have twists. Yeah. Twists in the narrative, but it's always like, oh, actually, she was a mean mistreater the whole time and she cheated on me. <laughs> yeah. Right? She was the killer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's this it, nice. You think it's going one way, and it's, it's going to be this cynical '70s, you know, mm-hmm. narrative, and then you're like, oh. And if people don't know the lyrics <laughs> and they don't know the story of the song, go and listen to it. Pull up the lyrics on Genius.com and read along, and you'll say, oh, that's nice. That Rupert Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a sweetheart. He's a, <laughs> it makes me happy. Not that I love that song, but it makes yeah. me happy that you have turned the corner on that song for no no reason. There's no yeah. reason why, but I'm just like, oh yeah, Paul. All right. It's a it's, it's a tough. happy, mellow song. And it's a little cheesy, but yes. it, it does I connect to the happiness of it now. I can't be cynical yeah. about yeah. it anymore. I, yeah. No, good for you. As well you shouldn't. It's a sweet song and we can use yeah. all the sweetness we can get. And it's it's my number one because when you suggested the topic that one occurred to me almost immediately. And the rest I had to like oh. look look at my playlists and look for songs that I was like, yeah, I didn't this this one I didn't necessarily used to like. But when I was trying to come up with them just like raw off the top of my dome, the only one I could come up with was definitely the Pina Colada song. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. so funny. That's your one. Wow. Yeah. Oh no, that was fun. Those are our top five songs. That was good stuff. We we used to hate, but now we love. Because we've matured. Well, I wouldn't say going from not liking to loving Escape by Rupert Holmes is a question of maturing. But Oh, I would. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now it's yeah. time for the music trivia quiz. This is the part of the mini episode when Kirk and I compete to answer questions from the music-themed expansion pack for the board game Trivial Pursuit. It was published in 1985, so all of the questions are about music from before 1985. Kirk, what does that mean? It's so hard. It's really, we are incredible for getting any of these. We're really, we don't give ourselves enough credit for getting these. (laughs) We really don't. (laughs) We're terrific. We're we're awesome. (laughs) Since we are still recording in quarantine from our respective homes, we've invited my dad, Tony, to serve as Quizmaster again. Welcome back, Dad. Yay. Hey, nice to be here. Yes. Um, last time you embarrassed us both by showing us how much more about these old, old songs you know than we do. Yep. Um, but of course, that was just an expo mission for you. So if you continue to win, no peanut chocolate candy for you. <laughs> no. Just bragging rights. Which is okay. basically uh, just as good. Yeah, last time we played, Kirk and I tied, so my winning streak still stands at one game. So I need three more for those for those sweet, sweet candies. That's right. All right. Uh, but that means, uh, Dad, you're going to ask Kirk first again. Oh, okay, Kirk. Yeah. Please. Start with the cover notes. Who did Flo and Eddie record Happy Together With after leaving the Turtles? Ooh, uh, I think I know. Uh, Sonny and Cher. I'm going to say Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. Frank Zappa is correct. There you go. Yeah. Damn it. Your mother should know. Who landed a Pulitzer Prize for the 1927 musical Showboat? Uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein. Jerome Kern. Okay. That was a guess. It was a shot in the dark. Okay. 50s. What Pearl Bailey Biggie claims, quote, you can croon to the moon by yourself, laugh like a loon by yourself, unquote. Oh. Um, I have no idea. None. I know <laughs> Pearl Bailey is. I don't know any of her songs. That would be Takes Two to Tango. Oh, no. We've never I've heard that. of that. 
Haven't heard of that. Oh boy, it's yeah. a rough card. All right, we're gonna go to the sixties. Mm-hmm. Who charted with the last waltz? The band, Engelbert Humperdinck, or Lawrence Welk? The band, Engelbert Humperdinck. Ooh, really? <laughs> wasn't that wasn't the movie? It was the song. Oh, he covered it and had a bigger hit with it. There's no song called The Last Waltz. There's no song called oh, The Last Waltz? Oh, I thought maybe there was also there was a, a movie song. called oh, The Last Waltz. Oh, I thought there was a movie called The Last Waltz based on the song uh, by the, uh, the band yeah. called La- oh. oh, that's disappointing. Tricky card, tricky card. Damn okay. you, Trivia Pursuit. Yeah. All right. After the Beatles. Oof. Where does Jimmy Buffett plan on drinking, quote, that frozen concoction that helps me hang on? I mean, it's got to be Margaritaville. Correct. Jeez, thank God I didn't get swept. <laughs> Oy. All right. Last question. Anything goes. What section of a symphony, excuse me, what section of a symphony appears last on an orchestral score? Um, hmm. I'm going to guess percussion. The string section. Interesting. I thought that would be. Uh, I thought that'd be a little earlier, huh? I also thought percussion. Yeah. I don't know why, but it was the first thing. Wow. I thought. Oh boy. Uh, one. You got one. Yeah. Kirk, you haven't been. You, didn't, you weren't shut out. That was. You know what though, Kirk? You've you've beaten me one to nothing before. <laughs> it's like happened. twice in a row. It's so, happened. So we'll see what happens. So don't get discouraged yet. Everything takes I'm on, not, and I'm not going to get cocky. Yeah. Everything takes on new meaning now that we have something to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it really makes it more important. Those, those babies right there, yeah. taunting me. Oh, boy. That's what it's all about. That's right. Okay. All right, Pop. I need two to win, one to tie. Cover notes, Paul. How many mm-hmm. million sales constitute a platinum single in the United States? One million. Two million, Paul. Oh, platinum. Nuh-uh. <laughs> really? Well, well, then what's one million? Gold, gold, I guess. Gold. I thought gold was 500,000. Well, oh, is there silver? Yeah, it's a, big, it's a big jump from gold to platinum. Yeah, okay. Wow. But then every time after two, it's another... It, when they say two times platinum, does that mean four million? I just read the cards, Paul. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Leave your dad what you're saying is you would have given the same answer because I think that's a mistake. Okay, Paul, your mother should know. Yeah. yeah. Who, quote, died in the mill pond standing on her head, unquote? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Waltzing Matilda. Now, Paul, it was the old gray goose. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. No relation to the old gray mare. Paul, the 50s. What's, yeah. What song has Conway Twitty admitting, but myself I can't deceive? Um, I have no idea. I don't know. It's only make-believe. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Don't know it. Don't big, know it. Big hit. Big hit. Right. Okay, Paul, the 60s. Yep. What Liverpool club did British Prime Minister Harold Wilson help reopen in 1966? I'm going to guess that's the Cavern. Cavern Club. Cavern is correct. All right, that's there's one. Right. So, you know, tied up. all one. tied up. <laughs> tied up. You got two more? Yeah. All right. It's not a two more. Okay, after the Beatles. Which Who member noted on the eve of the band's breakup, I've come too close to death to fool around anymore. I I don't know that quote, but I can only guess Keith Moon. It was Pete Townsend. Oh, Pete Townsend. Okay, yes. right. Okay, all right. So we're all tied. That one. Tie. Oh tie. Anything goes. Literally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's Handel's Messiah? A concerto, a mass, or a Oratorio. Oratorio. Huh. Um, 
I'm going to guess a, a mess. No. <laughs> I already said it. I already said it. I think I you already said it. I think that's the rules, yeah, I, right? The mask you said? said Let's it. see what the answer yes. is because I don't know. No, and it's an oratorio. Ugh, that's what I wanted to say. Oh, you guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> tied oh, at, at tied one. Tied at one. Oh, tied. Wow. Oh, we're losers. Three three rounds, and I still only have a one-game streak going. <laughs> <laughs> that's the agony of this game. All right. Well, now we're gonna we're gonna do Dad's expo mission, and I'll ask. Oh. Dad, your questions for fun. Let's see if you can get more than one of these. <laughs> yeah. I'll do my best. Cover notes. What instrument do Elvis's hands touch on the cover of His Hands and Mine? Piano. Correct. All tied up. <laughs> Already. <laughs> your mother should know. What vibraphonist recorded Slide Hamp Slide and Sweatin' with Hamp? Slide Hampton. I I need his first name, not a nickname. If that's his true nickname, I can't tell. But uh, you know, he went by Slide Hampton. So oh, even I remember this one. I've never heard him called Slide Hampton. Oh. Plus, you've already tied us, so I'm not going to cut you. All right, <laughs> there you go, uh, Ed. Lionel Hampton. Oh, oh Lionel. I didn't know that. That's right. Yeah. Okay, 1950s. Shouldn't, I should have known that. Yeah. Whose valet was Larry Williams before he cut Lloyd Price's Just Because? Whose valet was Larry Williams before he cut Lloyd Price's Just Because? Lloyd Price. Yes. There you go. Correct. All right. Here you are. True pursuit trying to be cute. <laughs> Correct, yeah. 1960s. What Beatles hit asks, quote, do you promise not to tell? Do you want to know a secret? Yeah. Who wrote that one? Uh, George Harrison. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Give it a little extra, <laughs> little extra something, something there. All right, a little, yeah, a little extra. Uh, after the Beatles, what Rod Stewart smash was parodied by Chicago DJ Steve Dahl's Do You Think I'm Disco? Do You Think I'm Sexy? Yeah, that's correct. And wait, so how many do you have correct so far? One, two, three, four. Four and a half, because that extra little one I had to throw in there because I'm an ass. All right. Anything goes. What do jazz players refer to as the dots on sheet music? The dots. What do jazz players refer to as the dots on sheet music? Oh, I don't know that. Um, dots. <laughs> the notes. <laughs> the notes. The notes. Oh, that's it? The sheet music, they're yeah. dots with stems. Yeah. Oh. Notes oh. is the answer. Oh. But you got four. Yeah, oh boy. Which is better than the one each that Kirk and I got. Yeah, that was a So that congratulations was a again, Dad. That's what... Thank you. <laughs> and, and thank you for being our quiz master again for this episode. My pleasure. But that's it for this episode. Bye.